Hey, Phoenix Trinidad here, the host of Let's Build a Cult. Just wanted to jump into the intro of this episode. Um, and if you're new to the show, I don't normally do an intro for the episodes, but I just needed to provide some context uh, for this episode in particular. But before I do that, I just wanted to say a quick thank you to everybody that's listened to the podcast so far. Thank you for enjoying it and listening to it and sending me messages about how you laughed. Uh, and learned stuff. I don't know. Somebody sent me a message and said they learned something from the podcast. Not my intention, but happy for you. Anyway, if you enjoyed the podcast, please send it to somebody and just word of mouth, all that shit. Uh, share it along. Share the reels, whatever. Um, anyway, but this podcast, this episode is with Claire McIver, and she has a really interesting story. She was on 60 Minutes and everything um, because she's an ex-evangelical whistleblower, cult survivor, alleged cult survivor. Please don't sue me. God, I, I don't want to get sued. Uh, but she has a really, really interesting story, and that's why I got her on this pod. Uh, but I actually recorded a couple of episodes of Let's Build a Cult last year before you know, before I added video and all those things, just to give you guys some context. So, and then I interviewed Claire last year and it got a little bit too real and it got uh, a little bit dark and it kind of changed the way that I wanted the format of this show to be. So you're going to hear us reference that in this podcast. You're going to hear us say that she changed the, she, you know, she blew up the first season of, uh, Let's build a cult, which wasn't her intention. It was just I hadn't figured out what I wanted the show to be yet. Um, and I might release that as an episode at some point if you guys want to hear it. Uh, she has a really interesting story. She has her own podcast called Unchurchable Pod. And yes, yeah, so I just wanted to provide some context to that. So, And this episode does have a couple of dark themes and yada, yada, yada. So, uh, you know, because she's actually from, from an actual cult, you know. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, but it's funny. It's good. It's good stuff. Claire's the best. We've had some really interesting conversations. I've learned a lot from her. And uh, yeah, so go check out her podcast. But listen to this one first because it's really interesting and fun. And uh, we both had a really good time. And yeah, share the pod. Do all that. Uh, thank you. See you later. Let's Welcome to Let's Build a Cult, the show that asks, what would you do if you were suddenly elected the leader of a cult? I am your host and cult sultant, Phoenix Trinidad, and today I'm joined by Claire McIver. I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Um, how do you introduce yourself? Oh, look, that depends on the day. Uh, sometimes it's just mom. <laughs> sometimes, like I do dabble in comedy, but really I'm a podcaster and blogger, commentator in the whole political, evangelical uh, sphere. But basically, I, I think evangelical shitposting is my ministry. Yes. Um, but I am a cult whistleblower too. So, okay. you know, yes. that, that's, that's, well, I call it a cult. I'm a whistleblower. Yes. From something that I have publicly called a cult. Yes. Okay. And, and that's the thing about cults. They don't call themselves a cult. No. 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 They're okay. truth bearers. They are <laughs> They are the answer. There's only one question, clearly, and they are the answer to that. But, um, you know, yeah, well, it's a little bit like that. I'm going to run you through how this uh, podcast works. Oh, please do. This is going to be the most, I think, interesting. This could be a complete train wreck and I'm totally prepared for that. Well, I feel like you can just... like I train wrecked you last time because we recorded yes. 
in October last year, before the 60 Minutes, the age thing, before yeah. all of my life blew up a little bit. Um, and I think maybe it was a bit more serious than you'd expected. <laughs> and I walked away and went, that wasn't funny. <laughs> let's, let's try this again. Uh, well, yeah. Well, that did change uh, the whole perspective of the show. But, all right. So, this is, this is now the structure of this it. This is now the structure. Uh, since right. you ruined the first okay, one. Okay. I'm sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So... Uh, the show is partly a thought experiment. Um, it's part role-playing game and like mm-hmm. a weird sort of job interview. Right. Your goal is to build the most successful cult okay. that you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether or not, and whatever that means to you, I assume it's going to mean something very specific to you, but um, <laughs> whatever that means to you, that's mm-hmm. what we're going with. Okay. Um, I am your cult sultant. All right. So okay. I, um, you can ask me any questions, even though I feel like in this dynamic, I'm definitely going to be asking more questions. Okay. Um, <laughs> But basically, there's three stages. So mm-hmm. I'm going <laughs> to... The preparation stage where I'm going to vet your okay. leadership and okay. experience. Oh, I have extensive leadership experience. Yeah. All gained from within a high demand group. Okay. Well, I publicly I'll, called a cult. So we'll get to that. Bring it, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we're going we're gonna to do the build section and mm-hmm. then uh, where we work out the logistics okay. um, of, of what the ideal uh, cult is. Okay. And then I'm going to throw some... Uh, scenarios at you in the mm-hmm. test phase um mm-hmm. which might not be as interesting as what actually happened uh it it's like in terms of real scenarios that you've encountered but that's what the cards cool, cool. are for that's what the dice are for all right um, okay. okay so claire right, McIver, are you are you ready to build a cult yes yes absolutely <laughs> Okay, so we're entering the uh, preparation phase. So mm-hmm. welcome uh, to the preparation phase. Um, and this is so funny because it's a series of um, standard questions, but it's just a whole different uh, ball game with okay. you. So, but I'm going to ask them. I'm just going to ask them how I would normally ask them. Okay. Okay. All right. What comes to mind when you think of the word cult? <sighs> Home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's uh, my card. That's so uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, home, home is what comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, taco nights. Okay. Coercive casseroles. Coercive casseroles. Very, very gendered sandwiches. And certainty. Okay. <laughs> that is. There's so much to unpack here. I feel like this, yeah. has, this should be a three-hour podcast, but uh, we, we we can't do that. Yeah, because I've got a date after this that I actually have already kind of you know I already go through the go twice but and on the way in I was actually chatting to another ex-evangelical about this thing uh, about sandwich platters and church like the church that we grew up in like as with a lot of evangelical churches there's very strict gender roles very strict only the women would be requested to make like sandwiches or like stuff for potlucks and and there was like this hierarchy of who was like in favour based on who got to do the egg salad sandwiches and who got stuck with like the curried egg sandwiches because eggs seemed to be like this kind of, you know, hierarchical symbol of power within the women's kind right. of circle. The curried <laughs> eggs curried, weren't? Curried eggs. Cur- everyone hates curried eggs. It's like the egg salad's like where it's eggs. at. <laughs> the, hams, the ham cheese and relish versus the ham cheese and pickles was right. also a very nuanced conversation okay. about your standing within the cult. Um, this wasn't what mine was like. It's just more evangelicals all over the place. But I think what comes to mind for me is... Cults are very shiny on the outside. They're very love bomby. Uh, like 
and actually in times like we've just been through with the pandemic is a perfect time for radicalization to bubble up yeah because as humans we're so drawn to tribe and we're so drawn to connection and we're meant to be that way but we also flee from things that make us feel unsafe and so in times of economic downturn or pandemics or stuff like that people can go seeking certainty and so then they encounter these groups that love bomb them and all of a sudden your social isolation disappears and you get just this intoxicating experience of everyone laughing at your jokes, everyone coming to your party, everyone inviting you to theirs, like never sitting at home on a, on a Friday night going, what am I going to do? Because you've got youth group or you've got mm. dinner, you've got a progressive dinner or you've got a potluck or you've got this or you've got that. And the other thing is it's really intoxicating because it gives you purpose. Mm -hmm. You're being told God wants you to take over this for him or, mm -hmm. you know, you are assured of freedom, you're assured of victory and... Actually, like a couple of weeks ago, uh, a few friends and I went to um, a Planet Shakers um, church just because one of them wanted to see what it was like. And I, I thought, oh, yeah, this is a mega church. It's fine. It's whatever. Um, it won't be anything like what I'd experienced. And the message was assured of victory. And I was mm. like, wow. And then you've got migrant stories and stories of social isolation and all that kind of stuff being woven into the narrative. So they use these really powerful things and love bombing and all that kind of stuff to really, to get you in the door. But then, mm. I'm not saying this about Planet Shakers, I'm saying this about cults in general, and I'm not calling Planet Shakers a cult. Can you tell I've been threatened with defamation a lot in the last year? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's appealing to these very base human desires to try to channel you towards their goals. Yeah. And it's that piece about certainty. If you do this, you will have victory mm -hmm. if you do this you will be judged by god that starts to kind of erode that sense of personal agency so i always like to say there's this bell curve with cults mm. and if you get in there may be some benefits you may get more friendships you may get more confidence but if you don't jump off at the top of the bell curve things are going to slide yeah really fast for you and then it can be really really difficult to leave right yeah well that leads into my next question because it is like, can a good cult exist? But it sounds like it's just that first part. Like that first part of the bell curve is like, yeah. you, like, cause that is the thing, right? You're like, you get all that uh, community and you get mm. a purpose and that's obviously very appealing to like really vulnerable people. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, like I, I assume in your, because of your experience, you've done a lot of, you would know more about cults than I do. <laughs> can, can a good one exist basically? No. Like, Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but That's I'll, fair. I'll say this, though. I mean, because there's a couple of pieces here. One is that a cult always revolves around a central charismatic character. Mm -hmm. And two is that a cult always involves a thought reform process where people are channeled towards being more like that central character or that central doctrine. Um but it, the bell curve is really interesting because let me tell you, you can be on a smooth kind of, you know, smooth mm. trajectory. You're reaching the top of the bell curve. If you decide to leave then, you will lose everything and you progress down the other side of that um, that, that bell curve really, really fast. Right. Uh, so, I mean, I think, about, I think about cults a lot because, you know, I run the Unchurchable podcast um, and I just started running another podcast called Survivors Discuss, which is dark, um, but important. And... Um, I mean, 
yeah, obviously I think about it a lot because there's a lot of people who've survived pretty hardcore situations that tell me their stories and I'm a nerd and I love reading. And, and the first joke I always make is you've got to read the fine print. Like you've got to make sure that you're joining a sex cult and not an anti-sex cult, you know. <laughs> but even in that, I'm sure if you had a chat to Alison Mack from Nexium, mm-hmm. um, who's just gotten her jail sentence commuted down from like – I think it was 17 years down to about three years. And that was the cult that had Keith Raniere in it and there was branding and there was like, yeah, like hardcore. Right. Yeah. Well, I was talking about that on the weekend. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and it was it was pretty hardcore. That was a hardcore sex cult. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was the one yeah. that had the lady from Smallville, right? Yes, Alison yes. Mack, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I'd say that, you know, she'd probably be like, no, definitely join the anti-sex cult. That's better. So yeah. the grass is always greener. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> There's always something in the fine print um, and there's always a lot of othering. So, uh, you know, the the group that I exited um, is quite known for its anti-LGBT stance. Had leaders who were in the Australian Christian, well, a leader who was in the Australian Christian lobbies, no campaign for the plebiscite. Um, There's my ex-husband... He was now out and proud, um, but while we were still married, he was put at the front of a campaign to disendorse Darren Chester, who was mm. a, a Nationals MP, um, over his support for uh, marriage equality. Uh, that was kind of a <laughs> watershed moment for us because, mm. you know, Patrick knew he was gay and I knew that he wasn't not gay, um, but was still just holding on to this idea that we could make happily ever after in the old definition of it. Um, so, like... There was stuff. There was like you know co- coordinated efforts to get people to sign up to um, to political parties, um, and there was coordinated efforts to make the backlash seem bigger than it actually was. Um, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. Mm. Well, the next question is: What's the highest position of power you've been in? Pastor's <laughs> uh, daughter, I think. Yeah. No, pa- oh, power. Power in a cult is interesting because really there's only ever one person who has power yeah um and everybody else just gets sniffs of it and then and then weaves back out again uh and this is my observation across a whole lot of reading a whole lot of chats is there's all only ever one central person and that central person is happy to give up certain appearances of power but very rarely actual power Mm -hmm. and um so there might be these revolving inner circles of leadership. So I have been a youth leader. I've been a, um, an acting music director. I've been an, like an assistant music director. I've done worship leading a lot. And oh, I do miss singing. I really do miss singing. Um, I used to run a group called Pizza for Jesus, um, which was... Pizza for Jesus? Pizza for Jesus, um, yep. which was getting the young kids over and teaching them about the Bible. Um, the actual Bible, though, that was... that was I should have... I should have kind of come up with my own version. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was in a circle. I was yeah. in a circle. Um, yeah, I've done stage time at overseas conferences on the music team. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. So outside of – so once you've left, mm. um, have you had like a position of power and like how does that feel compared to oh. within the cult? Yeah, this is a super funny question, isn't it? We're yeah. doing really well on the gags today. <laughs> <laughs> we always knew it was difficult. How do you make uh, talking with a cult survivor really, really funny? Yeah. Alleged cult survivor. Yeah. Uh, um, look, 
I, when we were forcibly, when we were managed out the door at my dad's church and then basically we were shunned is how I'd describe it. Right. The first thing I did was we went to a, another church in town that mm-hmm. wasn't a cult, um, just a normal Baptist. And uh, so, but be, because like I'm a fairly sparkly personality, I'm not unlike my dad like that. Yes. I could run a cult, Phoenix. Yes. I could. I'm seeing it, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, it's a bit of a wrestle because uh, like very quickly within the first, I think, year, I was a music, like a worship leader and I do, um, I do MD, so music director on a Sunday when I wasn't worship leading. We also were running a small group uh, Bible study um, while our lives were just being shredded. Mm-hmm. Um, the plebiscite was happening. We were copying calls from people and a lot of abuse because we, a lot of people in our old town didn't know that we'd left. And um, so we were trying to kind of keep things quiet so we weren't going to cop harassment from the old crew and it was it was really icky so but being a being a part of a healthy church where there aren't coercive control mechanisms where there's no kind of love bombing the thought reform processes don't aren't there there's no milieu control which is what an academic Robert Lifton calls control over what you're reading and watching and and consuming information wise there were none of none of those things so it it felt okay where it started to feel not quite so okay for me was um, in the lead up to the Nick McKenzie story. So mm-hmm. that ran before the election that my sister was successful in getting into parliament on. Like a lot of leaks about branch stacking had come out in the year before that. I knew about them and I'd just I'd been saying no to media for probably seven years. Mm-hmm. Because um, I didn't want to trash family, but I did feel on a bound to stand up for um, LGBT people and right. and um, and women and people who need reproductive rights and and stuff like that, knowing what the doctrines are inside that group. Um, anyway, blah blah blah. Uh, <laughs> but what happened around that time is um, what a lot of people don't know is like three of us went on sixty minutes. And I think there was about five of us were in the age spread. Um, and there was, I think, maybe four or five stories that ran in the age. There was a few that ran in the ABC that I didn't do interviews for. Um, they got source material off my blog, um, which is public knowledge. But um, what happened is, in addition to all of those people, there were several others that were background. Yeah. And journalists do that to cover their asses and to make sure that every story is corroborated and to make sure that you don't get somebody who's an absolute loony who is making up wild stories and going, yeah. no, lizard people, um, and with no corroboration. So there was, there was a lot of others who were behind the scenes who had corroborated stuff, told their own stories, all that kind of thing. I got a lot of emails from them saying, I've been contacted by this person or that person or this journal or that journal, are they safe to talk to? And that started to feel icky because Mm -hmm. stage time as a song leader in a healthy church, no big deal. Um, Doing Bible studies with a whole lot of people who are peers Mm -hmm. and and it's just you're just coordinating the group, that's that's safe. But when people come to you go, help me make this life decision, Mm. that's when I go, whoa, don't want to be my dad here. Right. That makes me recoil um, because – and there's there's quite a lot of people out there who have exited 
that church or adjacent churches or affiliated churches and have pretty horrendous stories. Um, and when they call me and go, should I do this or should I do that? That makes my stomach drop to my toes. Right. Yeah, that makes me really uncomfortable. Yeah. So um, because it's not – cults aren't in the big and shiny. Mm-hmm. It's in the one-to-one. It's in handing over your agency, your decision-making power to somebody else. And the reason that religion dovetails so nicely with cults is because the first person you externalise your power to is God. Mm. And so when you have somebody come in as a layer under that and go – I have a special line to God, Mm. listen to me, um, then you've got something that can get really, really interesting really, really fast. God, that is interesting. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Mm. Well, congratulations. Um, You are now the leader of a cult Ah, in this hypothetical. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) I don't know how this is going to work, but... (laughs) I I saw your brain go... Oh, we can go down a rabbit hill. No, keep it funny. Yeah, keep no, no, it no. funny. Well, I, think <laughs> it's, I like the idea of doing this with somebody that has been in a cult because it... it alleged cult. Alleged cult. Um, <laughs> am I going to get in trouble at, at any point? I don't think so. Okay. I think they'll just go after me. It's okay. Fine. I'm, I'm happy with that. I That's have fine. no money. Come take it all. <laughs> <laughs> Staying pov is a life choice I make now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's important to I think it's important to do this with somebody that was actually um, a cult of armor, and I think it provides a lot of uh, interesting context, and it definitely has changed my perspective on this entire uh, podcast. But Again, I'm so sorry. I really hate it when I <laughs> just accidentally throw a grenade into somebody's plans and just blow it up. No, it works. I mean, I want to do this. The idea of this podcast is to do it with as many different people mm. as I can. Um, I just spilt coffee on my boob. That's fine. And like I said, I've got a date after this. I've accidentally <laughs> shaved off half my eyebrow this morning. Don't ask. It <laughs> happened. I've forgotten mascara. So there's no point in batting my eyelids. And I've just spilt coffee on my boob. Today's well. going to be uh, <laughs> such a fun day for you. It's going to be All fun. right. So we're going to move over into the build phase. Okay. Yep. Um, so this is where the hypothetical comes in. Mm-hmm. So you are now um, the leader of a, a cult. Yes. Um, how that makes you feel. Uh, we provided some context for that. Mm-hmm. This is where the first dice roll comes in. This okay. is going to determine how many people we're going to um, hypothetically give you. Oh, man. And we're going to multiply. So it's a, a D20, so it's a 1 to 20 die. <laughs> and we're going to multiply it by a factor of 50. So whatever you roll is multiplied by a factor of uh, 50. And that's how many people I'm going to give you in your hypothetical cult. I'm uncomfortable having just done this motion for an extreme amount of time while making eye contact with a man on a video TV show. Don't ask me about the time that I ordered a burrito and ate in front of Australia's most well-decorated journalist and then realised halfway through what I was doing. Anyway. All right. A six. Um, so that's 300 people. Uh-huh. It has what? So in um, – oh, my God, I've forgotten the name of the thing – not Planet Shakers. I was going to say Planet Shakers. City Builders. City Builders. City Builders. How many people roughly? Okay, do you, know what, do you want to know something really funny? Dad yes. used to prophesy about having them th- having 300 all the time. Oh, my God. So in me rolling that dice and you multiplying that number, I have just achieved my father's dream. Wow. Mm. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's, a, it's an auspicious so I, I, moment. It was... <laughs> oh, man. I don't know how this works. All right. So it, it was less than 300 then, I'm assuming. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So... First of all, let's call City Builders is the group that I exited. Mm-hmm. I call it a cult. Yep. It's probably best for you to call it a church. Okay, and yes. we'll just get the we'll just get the inference. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've 
called it, I've said that I believe it's a cult on national TV. So mm -hmm. that pretty much, you know, that's my opinion. Um, but the thing is with cults is nobody can say, nobody can designate that is a cult or that is not. It's mm -hmm. all in the nuance. It's all in the, um, the subtext and people who uh, leave toxic groups, they're all going to say it's a cult. It's whether or not there's measures of coercive control and all this different stuff in there that, that makes it a cult or not. So me with 300 people, that's a problematic amount of people. Yes. They're hard to control. Right. Mm. So what I'm going to do in this cult is I'm going to create a crack team of leaders right. that I can have direct impact into. Beautiful. So you're delegating. I'm not delegating. I'm cloning. So... What I've got is these 12 people who have leaders underneath them, who have leaders underneath them. So it's a very hierarchical system of leadership. And to get up that hierarchy, you have to conform to right. the next level up. But it's not called conforming. Come to leadership training, Phoenix. <laughs> I would love you'll to. You'll love it. Yeah. You'll learn public speaking. You'll get more confident. You'll also learn really how to how to get people's deepest secrets out of them so that mm -hmm. you can empower them. Right. That's what we're calling it. We're calling it empowerment. But in, in Scientology, they call it auditing. Yes. Um, in the Nexium cult, uh, there were these, I don't know what they called those sessions. I can't remember, but it was one-on-one -on -one sessions and it's really accountability and you're giving all of your private information to people so they can help you through your blockages. Right. Um, in, in, there are some yoga cults. Yeah. There are some, like, there's this... Oh, there's a lot of yoga There's cults. a lot of, like, yeah, yeah. just anything can be a cult um, if there's measure, these kind of measures in it. Um, but I want people who... I want ambitious people who are also a little bit fractured. Right. I'm looking specifically for people who look at me with stars in their eyes and go, I can be like her. Yeah. And this is going to help me with my brokenness. And I'm going to help them through their brokenness. Right. And I'm going to create in them a sense of indebtedness. Oh, I, I owe my life to Claire. She's given me so much. She's given me so much. And every time I've done what Claire wants me to do, things have gone well. And that starts to create a mythology around, around me. You. Yeah. And they start to, to, to spread that mythology downwards. And then... And then I start what I call the peacock feather duster cycle. Okay. Now, basically, when you're inside a group like this, the, the, the leader doesn't want to give away their power. So what they'll do is they'll rotate, like they'll give you favour, that's the peacock, um, and they'll be like, oh my gosh, look how well Phoenix is doing. Like you've just moved through so many blockages. You look at your confidence is brewing. You're like, you know, you've got more money in the bank. You've got more friends. You've got more influence at work. God's really using you to take over and, you know, wow, Phoenix. And you yeah. get stage time and you might get promoted up that chain. Um, and then when I see you getting too cocky, I'm going to beat you down a peg. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to take away your privileges. You're not going to be able to be on stage with a music team for a while. I'm going to suggest that you step down from youth leadership for a while because really there's some areas of sin and arrogance and you need to you need to repent and you need to humble yourself and really, um, you know, it's kind of the self-flagellation kind of thing. It's self-mortification is what they actually call it in yeah. inside some uh, some groups. And that... that Having tasted the peacock life, now you're in the feather duster life. Mm -hmm. You want to be back. You want to get back to being the, the peacock again. I do. And <laughs> and you're going to do anything because you've lost face in front of all your friends, all the people that were below you in that tree. Right. And now these people who are below you in that tree go, oh, I can get to that. Yeah. Right. So, so you get like publicly demoted. Yeah. 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 Um, but there's levels of public 
Uh, it might not happen on a Sunday, but it mm. might happen in a covenant group meeting mm. um, where you've got like the top 40 leaders sitting at my feet. And we might go around the circle and, and I might say, God has been telling me this needs to happen. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, How right. do you feel? What's God telling you? Now you, the first person to answer in that circle, you've got a lot of power because mm-hmm. you can say, no, no, that's not going to happen. Um, God's telling me something completely different. And if I react to you and go, no, well, that's, that's incorrect, you're not hearing God, um, people might think that I'm dismissive. Right. But if you agree and it gets harder to disagree as subsequent weeks go on and, you know, all that kind of stuff, if you agree, you're going to go, oh, yeah, yeah, God was telling me the same thing. Mm. Now I've got two people in agreement and then around to the next person in the circle. Okay, Sarah, what do you think God's telling you? my gosh, yes, God was telling me the same thing. And then you go around the circle and if anyone dissents, right. there's So it's so dependent here. on that first person. Yeah, but the longer these structures are established, the more you know, just agree. Yeah. Um, so once, <laughs> once uh, if you've actually spoken out in disagreement in one of those these groups, you, you know how the group just turns on you. Wow, yeah. And and you realise, okay, all my social connections are in this, all my financial connections are in this, my whether or not I'm seen as a leader, seen as in alignment is all in this. I really need to, I need to toe the line. Yeah. And then um, we also have, um, well, in, in, in my cult, we'll have prophetic training, which is how to hear the voice of God how to prophesy over people and right. find that emotional weak spot yeah. that you can then minister into. It's actually, I don't know whether the prophetic gift <laughs> is is real. Um, I identify as agnostic with atheistic fantasies. Okay. But the world is a big, crazy, <laughs> weird, weird, wild place. So I, I don't like saying, yes, something is real or no, it's not. But what I do know is um, you can do a lot of cold reading techniques. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the John Edwards type yep. thing. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So you can do a lot of, a lot of um, cold reading techniques, and you can tell off things like pupil dilation, off sweating, off, and you don't learn this explicitly. They're not going to go read somebody's pupil dilation, but yeah. you're immersed in this thing, and you need to find answers, and you need to seem like you're on the cutting edge. So you'll you'll learn to read people in a in a really really interesting way before you even say a word or take a posture in a room you've read everyone in it yeah you know who's feeling testy you know who's feeling emotional you know who's feeling confident you know who's in favor you know who's out of favor you've read all that before you say a word especially if you're a woman especially if you're queer right okay so yeah so again super funny (laughs) (laughs) no it's just it's so it's so interesting that this is how like, I just need this knowledge. So, <laughs> oh, the, 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 the question was, can a cult be good, wasn't it? How no, no, no. It was, no, we were, no, we were just talking about, about 300 people. And yeah, then, yeah. But now I know that, like, okay, so you've got 300 people and it's structured in this way with your leadership, your, uh, yep. your 12. Did we say 12? Yep, I'm, I'm going okay. with 12 because I'm like Christ, Yeah, the 12 disciples. Ah, uh, right, right, right. Yeah, okay, so this is a, yep. is like, because obviously religion... It plays a huge part. So your cult is uh, because it's familiar, I guess. We're going to yeah. go with Christianity. As we're going to go with base. A, we're going to go with uh, mine is an evangelical cult. Evangelical, yeah. Right. And I say evangelical because I mean, there's Christian. It's very much the modern Christianity. Is it anything to do with Jesus? 
no, not really, <laughs> because um, evangelicalism, I mean, look at Hillsong, look yeah. at Planet Shakers, inherently capitalist, yeah. and yet Jesus was anti-capitalist. We yeah, see him yeah. overthrowing tables in the temple, calling them, you know, like yeah. um, we see the modern Christianity or the modern evangelical thing is inherently politically interested, mm. and yet Jesus existed as an irritant to the political system of the yeah. day, whereas church now is trying to become the political system of the day. Yeah. So evangelicalism is a, to me, is a pseudo-Christian movement. Yes. Um, but, you know, that's my opinion. But it definitely is the kind of the, the cultural I don't know, zeitgeist yeah. um, that we exist within. So, yeah, I'm going with a pseudo-Christian cult. I'm bringing a lot of extra-biblical revelation in myself because okay. I can hear directly from God. Yeah. New revelation. Classic. New stuff. It's fresh. It's unique. And it's, you know. <laughs> Classic. And, okay. And but so shelter... Mm-hmm. So in City Builders, you, did you guys all live together or? No, um, a lot of churches, I mean, we weren't a Jonestown. Yeah. <laughs> um, we did buy land outside of Sale for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in, a, in a town the size of Sale, you don't need a comp- compound because yeah. everyone's five minutes from everyone. Exactly. Right. So whereas in a larger, um, a larger population centre, it's more difficult to build those intense everyday personal connections. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's very difficult to do in a larger centre. So you want somewhere that is kind of rural or interface. Right. So I'd, I'd be going to kind of Druin. Right, okay. So we're overtaking a small town. So rather yeah. than like, yeah, a commune or something like Scientology where you're still within society, yeah. it's something in the middle. So small... Yeah. Regional-ish town, Druin? Yeah, I'd okay. be, I'd be Sorry, going to... Sorry, Druin. <laughs> uh, and you know what? I just said it off the top of my head, but back when I was a... Back when I was a... Christian fundamentalist young adult fiction novel writer. <laughs> <laughs> that, there was a Tumblr involved? Or was there... Was no, like a... physical books. Okay, oh, okay. Of which I sold a lot. <laughs> right. Anyway, um, I did actually... I did actually plant a cult in Druin. I'm in a church in Druin. <laughs> in one of those books. And, and I chose Druin. Jeez, I forgot about that. Far out. Um, I'll never forget. This is, I'm name dropping. I'm sorry. But when Nick McKenzie came over for dinner to meet Patrick and to talk with both of us, Patrick's like, oh, we've got Claire's books here. Do you want to see them? And I was like, no. No. It didn't happen. Do not. <laughs> do not. Do not give Nick McKenzie one of my books. <laughs> They don't exist. Don't try to find one. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I started one in Druin uh, in, in the second of the books. And, and the reason is it's interface. So it's a growth corridor, mm-hmm. but it's not big yet. Yeah. So there's still going to be logical needs in that town that are going to provide opportunities for me to grow. Yeah. Youth engagement is always one. Yeah. So um, the, a youth group, obviously, it's the first thing. It's also a very pliable age. And there's also a lot of angst. Like teenagers are this just just cauldron of angst and hormones and there's a lot of ways I can play with shame and ambition Mm -hmm. to create exactly the right recipe to bring them along my pipeline Um, and they're very teachable so I can tell them that that if they don't give me 10% of their wage um, then God's going to judge them and then they're not in alignment but I can't do that until after they've come into this thought reform process and after they've formed these really strong friendships otherwise they're going to call bullshit so Right. Yeah. 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 So you, you, I mean, you target that. Yeah. You appeal to that before you start 
bring in like you know taking part of their wage so you bring, yeah yeah you solve all the sort of emotional needs and all that yeah. first and communal needs and okay. yeah right. yeah you load the dice so you're you recruiting it. so are you targeting in terms of recruitment mm. is it easier to go straight for teenagers yeah or yep. like young vulnerable adults um the the, the venn diagram okay is significant so teenagers are better Right. Because young adults, um, the closer they get to age 25, the mm -hmm. more developed their neural pathways are. But also, ask anyone in evangelicalism, once they've had the sex, you know, it's very difficult to control them. They're just right. going to want more of the sex. So, you know, they just you got to get them while they're virgins. <laughs> right. Okay. So, we're targeting virgins. We're targeting virgins. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. getting younger and younger. We're going to be targeting very, very young high school students. No. So, oh, this but, is so dark. Yeah. But it is dark. That's yeah. true. Um, <laughs> there was this whole... Like the purity culture was this, was this movement um, in the 2000s. There were songs about it. Oh, yeah, Jonas Brothers, that whole thing. Oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, there was this uh, – Rebecca St. James was this huge Christian artist. She wrote this song. And I am waiting for, waiting for you, darling. Wait for me too. And then there's this whole thing about how she'll forgive him if he has the sex first. Her brothers are now – like, she's kind of fallen off the music scene. Her little brothers are a band called For King and Country. They've written this song. It's called Priceless. I see you dressed in right, every wrong made right. And you're like, oh, so you're forgiving her for having the sex. And it's like, it's just like, it's a whole... Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, it's a whole thing. But you can really easily kind of weaponize shame and superstition there. I was reading a meme just this morning on a, um, on a meme page, an evangelical meme page. Um, that talks about if you share body fluids with someone, you also get their demons. Um, <laughs> and so I was what was like, our approach to COVID then? Because COVID was like... <laughs> I was outside the fold by COVID. Oh, right, right, right. I yeah. was outside the fold by COVID, but um, I only have rumour and innuendo to give you there. Okay. I, I don't know. But, but a lot of... I'm actually just about to um, – well, I, I do have a friend who's writing a book on uh, <laughs> conspiracy theories in evangelicalism because the anti-vax movement within churches in America was huge yeah. and in Australia too, I would, I would suggest. Um, yeah, because, like, there was this whole thing about whether the vaccine is kind of the mark of the beast, triple sixes on the skull, whether yeah. it changes your DNA, you can no longer get into heaven and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I don't have that kind of inf inside information – um, from yeah, from city builders, but you can imagine how easily that would yeah, fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But reverting to the the youth thing, the other end of the spectrum is elderly, frail mm -hmm. and elderly, um, because these are the people that have been cast off by society. Their kids don't visit anymore, and they've got a huge amount of money in their will. Yeah. So um, I would want to be targeting youth because mm -hmm. local shires they want youth activities. So that's oh, going to get yeah, me in good with yeah. the political, the not-for-profit sector. You know, yeah, we've got this youth group. It's free to attend, yada, yada, yada. Um, really great for youth engagement, really great for confidence, you know. Send us your youth. And, and you'll be met with a lot of encouragement from that. But Keeping then, them off the streets. Keep, yeah, absolutely, mm. absolutely. And out of, out, out of the drugs and, yeah. you know, um, all that and the sex. Um, and, but then, yeah, you'll have the frail and elderly uh, on yeah. the other end. And I want their will money. Wow. Okay. So what is the, what's the, like a day in the life of 
Okay. A cult member. All right. Yeah. Ha. Depends on which stage of indoctrination you're in. Yes. So, um, if you're in a if you're in a fresh kind of stage of indoctrination, it all hinges on intellectual bypassing. Mm. I don't want you thinking about whether or not this is true, or whether or not it's healthy, whether or not it's real. I want you to just be in boots and all. I want your relationships with outsiders to fracture a little bit. I want your friends and your family outside to be less important than your friends and your family on the inside. Um, so I'm going to work you pretty hard. I'm going to have you exhausted. Mm-hmm. So I want to have you at, like you're, you, you've passed love bombing. Mm-hmm. You've joined a couple of courses. So is this a teenager or is this like a... Oh, if you're a teenager, great. Okay. Yeah. Great. So you came in through youth group. You've got yeah. so many new friends through youth group. Right. Um, and then I'm like, you know what? You show real leadership potential. Let, let's get you in a leadership course. So now in addition to study and church on Sunday... I'm also going to have you out on a Wednesday night doing leadership training. Right. And then I'm like, dude, you know. Killing it. Are you killing it? Um, I, somebody told me you also play guitar. Right. Do you want to be on the music team? Yeah, I do play guitar. Yeah. yeah. I mean, gosh, of course. Of course you do. You're so talented. Um, come be on the music team. Of course, we have music practice on a Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a requirement that our music team is also in a in a bible study and that they also attend a prayer meeting a week so now you're not just wow. a teenager who's at school and at youth group on a friday night you're also at, at music practice on tuesday you're also at a bible study on thursday you're also at the leadership training on wednesday yeah you're already at youth group on friday right you got to do your homework on saturday but you also want social engagement and I'm, I'm going to have you up m- early on a Monday morning for a, for a prayer meeting. Maybe a Thursday morning prayer God, meeting so as well. You're basically taking all the time mm. away from them as well. Like, no, no, you're volunteering the time. Because ah, you okay. want to be on the right, music right. team and you yeah, want to be yeah. a leader. I want to do this. You, you want to do this. I do want to do this. You want to do this. <laughs> and it's also, it's intoxicating. I don't, you must feel this as a comedian. You don't know what kind of crowd you're going to get when you mm-hmm. turn up to to do a gig and mm. you you might bomb yeah and you might bomb in front of a benevolent crowd or you might bomb in front of a hostile crowd you yeah. don't know and I've that's, done both. Yeah, yeah and and we all have to do both yeah. <laughs> um or you might do great and you might just get that absolute rush of the people love me yeah um when you are in a church situation uh, it's entirely different because everyone wants you to succeed they want to have a great worship session and if they do it's this immersive kind of altered state of consciousness we're all sharing this moment together Mm -hmm. there's connectedness in it and you're on stage and you're doing this i mean god's doing this but Mm. he's doing it through you and doesn't that feel wonderful it does feel wonderful and but i don't don't get too arrogant about it though god (laughs) or i'm gonna have to pull you off the music team until you can humble yourself man please don't (laughs) Please don't. I will comply. So this is where it gets really, um, yeah, it gets really interesting. Right. And so you want a teenager to be confident, not too confident. You want them to be um, engaged fully. But And the more tired they are, the less time they're going to spend. My makeup's on your table now. That's disgusting. Um <laughs> Last time they're gonna sit home at home thinking, is this healthy? Is this am I like? Is this having good effects on me? The teenage brain isn't gonna work like that. Yeah. Um, they're thinking all their friends are there, their connections are there, their self worth is is there. Um, it could be years before you wake up, and when you do, 
you might be married, you might have kids, you might have investments yeah, in the church, wow. your employment may be tied up with it, you may live a new share house if none of these things have happened. Mm. Um, your public face may be tied up with it, you may be involved in politics or in business or in the local business community or stuff like that. It's all tied up. Wow. So yeah. stakes are high. Yeah. So you're so basically cult member Dan life, they're just living their normal nine to five or going to school, like mm. within white society, but all their extra spare time is tied up in all this, um, yeah, yeah, youth development and all that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Right. This is um, terrifying. <laughs> so the last last part of the build phase, I guess, is um, yeah the the financial side of it. So. How does that work in terms of how much money do I need to give you as a cult member? Ten percent. Ten percent. Yeah. Of everything I of everything I earn, right? It's in Malachi three ten. Right. And I will have someone up on stage every week talking over the offerings. Right. And it becomes this mystical sort of Christian insurance policy, like if I pay my ten percent, yes, to Apostle Claire, um, you know, or to the church that Apostle Claire has founded. Mm-hmm. Um, All's, all's going to go well with me. Um, yeah, I'm not going to suffer tragedy or yeah. misfortune or, you know, God's got my back. And then Cause, as... Because in Malachi 3.10 it says, prove me now in this after like just telling people to bring all the tithes of everything to the storehouse. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, but then as the, as the leader, mm. you're getting 10% from, you know, your 300 members where, what happens with that money? Obviously, you've got amenities, you've got buildings, you've got, um, you know, you've got stuff like that. Um, But if you've got 300 members, and I'm going to say maybe 150 of them are going to be like... Earning. Earning. Yeah. And and I want them to do well. I want them in positions of authority. Mm -hmm. So I want them to be earning over 100K. Right. So if I'm getting 10K from 150 people... Mm -hmm. Um, in, in tithes per year, and I'm getting it tax-free right? because I'm a religious organisation. Oh, my God, yeah, right. And I'm running it on volunteer labour Okay. apart from me. Yes. So what about um, little – so any sort of like little rules or anything, mm-hmm. right? So obviously we have – it's it's a Christian-based mm-hmm. um, church. Yeah. Um, what are the what are the rules? So, like, mm-hmm. you can take from your previous experience, but what are, what's something that I don't know? Maybe is illegal in wider society that you might legalize within the cult, or vice versa. Something that's you can't do as a cult member, but you could do if you were outside the cult, kind of thing. Or okay. Just any little rules or laws that uh, you would like to implement? I'm actually gonna yeah. Okay. So mm, trigger warning. If this brings anything up for you, Lifeline, 131114. Right. If you're overseas in America, 988. Um, <clears throat> what cults do often is very similar to what will happen in a relationship, like a domestic violence relationship where there's coercive control. It's called the Davo method. So, um, <laughs> and it is, oh gosh, I've forgotten it, but it involves, um, it's, it involves dismissing their, um, their claims. It mm-hmm. involves... Um, I can't remember it. I'll find it. You, you can post it. But D-A-R-V-O. But it involves reversing victim and offender. Right. So what happens in a lot of um, in a lot of cult situations is if somebody raises a concern, or hey, that's the spirit of offence talking. You're speaking out of the spirit of offence. Mm-hmm. You're dishonouring 
the man of God. You're mm-hmm. dishonoring the woman of God. God can't move through you because you're offended. Mm-hmm. You might have raised you might have raised an issue over sexual harassment. You might have raised an offence over sexual abuse. Why is being offended worse than the actual offence? Now, what we're seeing right now with Hillsong, um, Brian Houston's in court over covering up his dad's um, abuse, sex offences yeah. of, of young boys. Um, that was covered up all in the name of honour. Mm. And it's when you put the doctrine over person um, or, or when, it's put, uh, when you put the work is more important than people, you begin to silence offenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, silence, not offenders. <laughs> they get all the time they like. <laughs> um, you, you silence abuse victims. Yeah. You put the burden on them to forgive. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you say things like, we don't trust the systems of man, we trust the systems of God. And we actually heard Scott Morrison say this from the pulpit, um, oh, we don't trust in the government of man, we trust in the government of God, just after his electoral wipeout, just yeah. after losing the prime ministership, I think it was. Um, and that's a throwaway line, but when you've grown up in these systems, what, what you know is that the law that we have in here, in this group, is more important than the law of society. Mm. And, of course, it's kind of couched in this Ten Commandments thing, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not, you know, steal, thou shalt not, blah, blah, blah. But there's this really vague one, honour thy mother and thy father. Mm-hmm. So, but but honour is a word that can be defined however I like. Right. So I use this grey area. Yeah. Honour means you you'll be accountable to me. Mm. Honour means you'll obey me. Mm. Honour means you won't question what I have to say. And as soon as you step out of that, you're out of honour. You're dishonouring me. Now, there's cultural overlays here. If you say this to somebody of Japanese descent. Of, of Korean descent, that is like a mortal wound to yeah. dishonour. Yeah. Um, so for, for us whiteies who don't have such a strong kind of <laughs> <laughs> moral compass built yeah. into us, um, we have to do the pre-work and get them to a point of compliance and get them to a point where they understand that honour is everything. Yeah. Um, and then I can get away with whatever I like there. Yeah. And and the shame of... And unfortunately, this is, an, this is a very real issue... In a lot of, like I've spoken to so many people who have survived domestic violence relationships, for example, reported it to the church. Mm-hmm. The church has gone, God hates divorce. Yeah. If you just submit better, he won't beat you up. Yeah, right. Um, and now in America, America is a case where the right wing has infiltrated politics to a much greater degree, a much mm-hmm. more militant degree. They started with like... You know, the anti-LGBT, anti-trans rhetoric, you know, denying gender-affirming care, that was the first thing. Overturning Roe v. Wade, which was about reproductive rights, that's been the next thing. And it's catastrophic because, you know, (laughs) ectopic pregnancies, children of rape, Mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff. Like there was a case just recently where a nine-year-old fell pregnant to her abuser Mm -hmm. and that case went to, like, to have to, like, to put her through a court system for aborting the product of rape that would have killed her mm-hmm. feasibly. Like, this is the product of Roe v. Wade. And I kind of thought, where do they go after this? Where does the right wing go after they've denied gender-affirming care, after they've denied LGBT rights, after they've denied, um, you know, reproductive rights? Mm-hmm. There's no fault divorce. Yeah. And um, they're, they're going after that at the moment. And when you, <laughs> when you take away the legal recourse for an abuse victim to say, I want out of this relationship and I don't want to tell you why, 
you have dead women. That yeah. is that is what will happen there. So it is really serious. It is really serious. The advancement of this, um, but but nobody's gonna nobody's gonna stand up in parliament and go, I want dead women. They're not gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> like it's so they get very good at spin. Yeah, and and, and also I think convincing themselves that they are acting. Um, on behalf of a loving God who mm. loves us so much that he'll send us all to eternal conscious torment if we don't do what he says. Right. And <laughs> But the cognitive dis- dissonance there is like, okay, how? how? Okay, fine. But it's a, it's a cultural, it's built in culturally because we're, yeah. you know, bathed in this Judeo-Christian norm right from, from quite early um, unless we are from those savage, un-evangelicalised, uncolonised... <laughs> lucky tribes <laughs> so yeah all right so i just said a lot there i'm really sorry yeah and, no and it's, i was saying it's, it's so funny. much to take in and like literally every sentence is like that could be another jumping off point but i mean i've, I've built this structure and i need to build <laughs> the structure but again because I, I ruined you last time <laughs> we could we could we could do this for the four fucking hours <laughs> Um, I'm sorry. All right, so, but that's the that's the end of the build phase. Right? Okay, and right. It, it, to be honest, fucking terrifying. Um, oh no, but it's it's the will of God. But it's God. real. It is. It is. God okay. is shining through me, transforming the city. It's funny how many cults are really obsessed with city influence. Have you seen Wild Wild Country? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It took over the local. Like the local yeah. council, and but then they were. That's something that hasn't come up in previous uh, pods that I've done so far. Is mm. that infiltrating of like mm. a wider society. Mm-hmm. Like everybody has um, kept everything very contained within their little uh, culty commune thing. I am the answer <laughs> to the world. <laughs> we must Lord. expand and take over yeah. the world. Okay. You know, what, what did uh, Charles Manson call it? Helter Skelter. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Which All right. <laughs> I'm not going to get sidetracked by that, but uh, there's so much to unpack there. Okay. So <laughs> scenarios. Okay. Right. Cause we, we do have to, uh, I don't, this could end up being like an hour and a half podcast, but okay. I won't do that. So uh, this is where the cards come in. Yeah, and don't forget, I've got a date to get to with my no mascara and my yeah. shaved off eyebrow. <laughs> I'm hot stuff, man. I'm just like, <laughs> we're gonna do. We're gonna go two or three. Okay. Um. So this is where you pick a card. Mm-hmm. Um. They are shuffled. You can shuffle them again, and then I'm gonna run you through a scenario. I'm a cult leader. Um, I trust no one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm also really bad at shuffling, so I'm gonna put these down before yeah. I. Okay, right. draw a card. Three. Three of diamonds. Okay. Um, oh, okay. Right. So you have chosen the rival cult card. So a rival <laughs> and similar sized cult has set up on the property adjacent to yours. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see that some of your cult members are becoming a little curious about the rival cult and what they had to offer. Um, so what do you do in this scenario? I'm going to need to take over that cult somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So, first of all, let's just talk a little mysticism here. Three of diamonds. Mm-hmm. You've given me the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are oh on my God. side. Yes. Okay. Diamonds are formed under pressure. Right. So, this is going to be a time of pressure for us as a church family to gather together to seek the blessing of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to make sure that we're on the right track. Now, Phoenix, I've noticed that you're... Um, you know, you've been hanging out with, with some people and, you know, what I want to know is um, what, what needs are they fulfilling in you that, that we're not? Because I, I want to use you, your insight, to help me become a better leader, you know? Oh, my God. And, like, I know, yeah, I know that. I know that when you came here you were so broken and, 
And God's used me to give you so many opportunities, you know. Remember all of that, that indebtedness that yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. So I'm using the indebtedness. I'm using the memory. I'm using your kind of uh, – the part of you that still wants to be the peacock. Mm-hmm. I want you to tell me what I'm not offering you that these people are. Right. So that you become part of the answer. Oh, my God. This is so, terrifying. <laughs> This is just, I think I'm in the wrong line of work. I could be making a lot more money if I just decided to start a cult. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that there's that. So you go directly to the your cult members that have shown curiosity in the other. Like, do you ever approach the rival cult? I, I use a... I use a three pronged approach. Um, <laughs> what I'll do is like my leaders. Yeah. Like, and, and honestly, if some fringe dwellers go, that's fine because I want the high quality people. I don't want the people who are out on the fringe that I haven't given leadership opportunity to okay. yet. They yeah. may, be, may be the people who they're less shiny. They have less money. They might struggle with some things that I'm just not qualified to help them with. They, they might have mental illnesses. Mm-hmm. So I just let them go. Right. Um, and when they do... Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, when yeah. they do, I use the guilt over that to talk to my leaders down that chain. Phoenix, you've lost numbers from a few of your downlines. Why has that happened? Oh I've God. given you so much. I've laid down my life for you. You were this broken, no good kid. You were involved in this and that. And then I found you. And, and you're, you're a music leader now. You've got a great job. You're a public speaker, great relationship. Your life is going well. What did I ever do to you? Do you let these people walk out the door? And you're the feather duster again and you want to be the peacock again. Yeah. So, um, and, and you start managing down the line, just like Alison Mack did in Nexium, to, mm. to get other people, you know, it's a, to, to get other people to comply to kind of, you know, and you start advising people to actually go pick off the people at the edges of that other church and bring them across to me. Meanwhile, I befriend the pastor. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 And I, I start just offering him tips and tricks. You know, this is what you've got to understand about this local community. This is what you've got to understand about, you know. And I start making sure that he's targeting areas I don't care about. Mm. But I might also give him some bad advice about people that causes things to blow up in his church. Yeah. And, um, yeah. But what are the chances of like, because you know what you're doing. Mm. And do you have to suss out? like the level of awareness of do they know what they're doing kind of thing? Like, is it a, like you're, you're pretending to befriend, but you know that it's a, a like a, ta- a takeover strategy. Um, and you know if they're aware, cause I'm picturing like, you know, when you say like two, you know, when you have like an AI chatbot, yeah. And then you make them talk to each other <laughs> and so like, fun. do they know, are they going to bring up the fact that they're both Did you ever AI? do that with like in, in for the information service on the phone? Like, you know, and do this? Did you, <laughs> no, you I didn't. Like yeah, before yeah, yeah. the internet? Oh God, I'm old. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. Well done. Well done. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, I'm going to give you the tea. I'm going to give you the tea. Okay. It's my observation. It's my opinion. Yeah. Um, so there is actually a, an affiliated church with City Builders in sale. Right. It, and they, they're both affiliated with the ISAT network. One was considerably smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, so straight away, City Builders is the big sister church and this other one is the little sister church. And Dad began to reach out to all of these littler churches 
and offer, we call it School of Spiritual Advancement. I think the one that's just about to start running um, is the School of Spirit, um, where they actually talk about strategies to take over, strategies to, you know, like the prophetic word, all this kind of stuff. So we actually reached out to these littler churches mm-hmm. and brought them in the, in the fold as consumers of the information. Mm-hmm. So I would offer them training. Right. And then I would position myself as the big kahuna. Mm. Um, and I would position my leaders as more competent than their leaders. And I would try to basically introduce my doctrine. So it's not like I've got a rival church. Mm-hmm. It's like I've got two churches in the same town. My God. That's what I'd do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it's all, it's all balanced on my charisma. Yeah. But that, that's like, that's a huge responsibility though, right? Because it's like... Mm. Which is why there's such a, a big degree of... <laughs> and I mean, you can look it up on I don't know, Forbes or Psychology Today, like the top 100 mm. um, <laughs> professions with psychopaths or narcissists, you know. Yeah. Um, yes, it's a big responsibility. And you know what? A lot of pastors burn out mm. um, because being a megalomaniac and, and being in control of so many individual lives. Mm. Um, and that's why you build systems. I'm, I'm only controlling the 12. Yeah. Right. So you don't have, um, so I say like one of your random sort of cult members couldn't come directly to you no. with something. No, right. I am a myth. I am a legend. I am only to be accessed through somebody in the inner circle mm. they have to get in good with you but oh you know sometimes though when i'm walking into church i'm gonna make them feel good and i'm gonna be like oh my god yeah great shoes and right. they just kind of feel like god himself has commented on their shoes like oh my god. um and it's yeah you create this yeah you create this kind of mythology the myth. Yeah. yeah the myth the legend the but so much of this on a neurochemical level yeah the, the dopamine rush, yeah. the, the reward center of your brain lights up when someone inaccessible has turned to you and noticed you yeah. and approved of you in some way. And then that whole, the peacock feather duster cycle, the need for connection, all of that, like it's, it's intoxicating, yeah. um, but it's also debilitating and, yeah. and we use both. God, it's so okay. All right. <laughs> I, I can't get it. Okay. So uh, one more, I think we've got time for one more card. And then I'm going to give you your... There's a cult rating at the end, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Five, Five of, of thingamajiggies. Because yeah. um, um, I'm a really stable genius. I know what they are. <laughs> um, and I, I'm finding that... Oh, five is the number of grace. Of Five is the number of grace. 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 The unmerited favor of God upon right. me right now. Yeah. Okay. That's the number of grace. And I'm noticing three, three leaves to these clovers. <laughs> the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're still here with us today. Can you feel it? Just close your eyes. Yeah, I can feel it. Just put your hand on your heart. <laughs> yeah. Mm. What's your question? Uh, so five <laughs> is the, um, the... So Okay, so this is the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so a deadly contagious disease has broken out within your cult. Oh my so okay. um, I'm going to give you a, another dice roll to determine the percentage of your followers that are... Um, Affected. Okay. So if you'd like to roll that dice. I'll just get my wank hand out again. <laughs> Three. Three. Okay. 3%. So that's, that's uh, what is that? 15? No. Oh my God. I can't do the maths. Uh, 15%. Okay. 15%. Yeah. So you got yep. 15% okay. uh, affected by a right. deadly a deadly disease. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have that much of a chance of survival. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do? 
This is an opportunity. Okay. This is an opportunity. It depends on whether or not they're a peacock or feather duster at right. this point, how okay. I react to their individual case. Um, from the pulpit, I'm going to say that God disciplines those he loves. But also, if you're out of the covering, it's an opportunity for the, the enemy to target you. Mm-hmm. This is an opportunity for us as a church to come together, to, to, to really up the, the accountability. You know, if, if some of you are out there using porn, you're the reason... Some of you are getting drunk on the weekends. You're the reason that God can judge your brothers and sisters. We're a covenant. We're in this together. Why are you leaving us open to the fiery darts of the enemy? Why are you doing this to us? Um, And so then the guilt is on all of the church Mm -hmm. and all of the church has come into the fold. I'm also going to – I'm going to target Dan Andrews pretty heavily. (laughs) Yeah. There's socialist, and actually, if you Google Nicole Werner's, like, there's, um, she's the the right winger who's standing out in Warrandyte at the moment. Right. She was talking about this this left wing woke, you know, socialist government that you know has come in and and, and taken over our lives, and it's great rhetoric to push mm-hmm. from the pulpit. Make people fear the government, make them seek God's government, make mm-hmm. them all feel guilty for their secret sin that God is seeing and that it's leaving us open to the fiery darts of the enemy. Now you're feeling guilty when you see somebody else in the church mm-hmm. suffer from COVID. Um, now you feel like you're responsible for their death and you feel like you need to be more involved. But I'm also going to say to some of these people, I've got, I've got somebody who's on their deathbed, you know, I'm going to go to them and say, you know what? Now, if they're a peacock, mm-hmm. like, okay, if they're a feather duster, I'm going to say, look, you should have repented, man. Mm-hmm. But if they're a peacock, I'm going to say, I'm so sorry that this has happened. You know, I'm so sorry that God is using you as an example to the church of what happens when people step out in secret sin. But you know what? God sacrificed his own son. He sent Jesus to die for us for the sins of mankind. And you're dying for us too. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. So you, and then is that an opportunity, obviously, to take their money as well, right? Like You're wearing leave. the martyr's crown. Yeah. You don't need your earthly possessions. <laughs> Rewrite your will, bitch. <laughs> so is that that's something that obviously happens, right? It's like you... Like a lot of people will leave all their earthly possessions, meaning all their money, to the church. Yeah, I mean, I hope they don't, but I think they do. Um, yeah. I was told this week that uh, an elderly lady, who I actually had a lot, a huge soft spot for, and I'm really annoyed that I didn't know she'd died. Yeah. She bought me my first piano. Okay. And yeah. she was a really wonderful woman who I think had a, a, a legitimate faith in God. And, and I think sometimes had actually confronted my dad on things that um, he was, you know, that she perceived he was doing wrong. And, and she was a beautiful lady. She really was. But I think dad knew exactly how to, Peacock and feather dust to her. Right. Um, and I wonder, I wonder whether her money went to her children or whether it went um, to, to city builders. I also am aware of the fact that a lot of it gets tied up in multi-level marketing. Mm. Um, so, you know. That's a, I mean, that's <laughs> like, a whole thing the, in itself too. The, and, and a lot of multi-level marketing businesses, like in academic literature, they, they don't usually use the word cult so much as, as well, you know, it's kind of been phased out for a mm. high demand group because if there's a group that has a thought reform process and it has like these like different levels and stuff, like multi-level marketing 
can be a cult. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like it uses a lot of the same mm -hmm. techniques, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the same structures. Yeah. So bring it into a bring it into an actual cult. Yeah. You've already got 10% of their money and now they're working hard to build your business. Yeah. I mean, all right. I'm sitting pretty. You yeah, you've you've done so this is this is my dilemma now, uh -huh. right? So uh, at the end of these, um, I, I am meant to give a cult rating, <laughs> and that is based on usually it's based on whether or not I would want to join the cult if it sounds appealing to me. Mm -hmm. um, and with yours, I do not want to join because it's fucking terrifying. But I could see that it would work you so didn't well. Know that you just came to a Friday night youth. <laughs> Yeah, it was right. a messy games night. All your friends were going, Phoenix. <laughs> oh, I'm so... It was a messy... so much here. It was a messy games night that you came to. It was like you were going to be sitting at home just kind of smashing PlayStation and <laughs> those were your options. Instead, you got to come and meet a whole lot of people. I did. And, and then you got to, like, you got to meet me and you'd heard all of these things about me, like yeah. how wonderful I was. <laughs> you know, obviously, I'm a drop-dead gorgeous and clearly well-put-together person. <laughs> and I said hello to you and you felt like the lights come on you felt like god himself god herself had spoken to you okay it's not about where you get to 20 years down the track yeah it's about that messy games night and then the leadership training phoenix you got to be the school captain because of this i did and then you got to you got because of that you got into a great uni. I gave you a reference. You got a reference from God from your university. You got stage time because you're such a talented guitar player. I am a talented guitar player. You got to be a leader. You got to lead small groups and all these other people that you get to control. I am a leader. I do get control. How ten out of ten. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, Claire, this has been um, incredible. It's, it has been funny, but it's been. There's just so much to unpack. So <laughs> where can people find you and hopefully unpack more of this? Uh, of this? Yeah, of this. You've got two podcasts? Yeah. I've got, yes. Okay, so look for me on Instagram at unchurchablepod. Yeah. And on uh, the Twitters, <laughs> however long that lasts. Yeah. Um, thanks, Elon. Yeah. Uh, at Claire underscore McIver. Yeah. But there's a million ways to spell that wrong, so we're going to pop it in the show notes. I will, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, ClaireHeathMcIver.com is where you can find my blogs. Beautiful. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Claire McIver, thank you for building a cult with me. Good luck being my rival. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, build a cult! <laughs>